chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'm convinced that nearly every organization has someone who is generally regarded as the problem child. I'm sure anyone who has worked in any capacity whether paid or volunteer staff, can identify at least one person whom this moniker could apply to. At my former employer, our problem child actually worked from an office in Denver, yet she did work locally for us in Carlsbad. This situation required frequent telephone communication to keep both the local office and her up to speed on our latest project. In the beginning, this arrangement seemed to work well. Yet eventually her phone calls morphed from the necessary 10 to 15 minutes required for business into hour-long complaint sessions that bashed everyone from our boss to those we had to interface with on a daily basis. Eventually, it got to the point that nobody in our office would answer the telephone when her number popped up on the caller ID. Nobody, that is, except for me. I had the only phone in the office that didn't have that particular feature. So I was the one who got to engage her in the daily conversations. As her calls were usually very negative in content and timber, I would get through them by doing something else. Sometimes I doodled on whatever paper was handy. Sometimes I worked on whatever document or spreadsheet was pulled up on my computer. And sometimes I even leaned back in my chair, closed my eyes, and zoned out. Periodically I would interject with, "Uh uh-huh, or really? And occasionally I would even throw in a complete sentence or two. At the time I looked at it as a survival tactic in order to keep my mood and my sanity in check while dealing with a very unpleasant person. Looking back, I can say this was not an effective method for dealing with the situation. When I tuned out, I missed almost all of what she said. And additionally, I didn't take the opportunity to interject my opinion into the conversation. Instead of changing the conversation to the positive aspects of work, I led her to believe that I was in complete agreement with her negativity. In what I thought was an attempt to preserve my sanity, I did not heed the words of Hebrews to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Even worse, I still came away from the conversation feeling tense and angry, so it didn't work anyway. By tuning out of the conversation, all I proved was that I was not engaged. Although I was on the phone with her, I was not fully present in the moment. And in being absent, 
I lost an opportunity to build a genuine, honest, and even loving relationship with this woman. The kind of relationship that God created us to be in. Presence requires being. Requires being. It requires being in space. And it requires being in mind and body. It means being 100% present in the here and now. To be present means being alert and awake to the immediate moment by letting go of our conscious distractions and our unconscious preoccupations. At times it can mean being in solitude. But to be whole and healthy Christians We cannot exist as solitary beings. As Christians, we must spend time being present with others. Our faith depends on learning how to love, and love is not learned through contemplation or prayer. Love is learned in relationships with other people, with our family, our friends, and our fellow believers. Relationships are fostered in many ways, but all involve being present with others. The author of Hebrews tells us that as a church, we can foster those relationships as we meet together. In other words, we grow as committed disciples of Jesus Christ and as a church family when we commit to being fully present in worship. That means committing to being physically at the worship service, as well as committing to be mentally and spiritually present in the moment. When we commit to being present together as the family of God, we also commit to encouraging each other to grow in Christian love and to doing His work in the earthly kingdom. When we commit to becoming dedicated disciples of Jesus Christ, We commit to supporting our family and to receiving support in return. We commit to catching each other when we fail and when we fall. We commit to fellowship with Jesus and with our brothers and sisters of faith. When we commit to being present in worship, we are all made stronger and better than we can be apart simply because of the support and the encouragement of the community of believers. To be committed disciples of Jesus Christ, we need also to be present to the condition of our hearts, for that is where worship happens. It is something that must be felt in the very depths of one's soul. God is calling us to worship Him. He commands it. He desires it. He pursues it. He deserves it. And he will reward it when we commit to publicly demonstrating our obedience to that call and the command to love God. A commitment to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is a commitment to a very private and heartfelt expression of love, adoration, admiration, fascination, wonder, and celebration. Yet we cannot profess to say we love Christ and at the same time neglect his body. Therefore, a commitment to Christ requires a commitment to nurturing his body through focusing our hearts and our minds on God 
hearing the public proclamation of the word, partaking of Holy Communion, and nurturing our children through the sacrament of baptism. None of these can be done in solitude. Becoming committed disciples of Jesus Christ requires care of the body, which can only be done through our regular presence at church services. As we make the decision to be committed disciples of Jesus Christ through our presence, we demonstrate that we belong to Jesus. As we grow in our relationships with our brothers and sisters, supporting them in God's work and encouraging them in love, we proclaim the promise of eternal life with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In 1 John 3:14, we are told, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love one another. Committing to a presence together and to growing mutual love and respect also means that we grow in love for our God. Commitment to our presence shows the world that we are a forgiven and a redeemed people. We belong to God. He has rewarded our faithfulness. God has bestowed us with his love, grace, mercy, and a life that will never end. Theodore Roosevelt once said, You may worship God anywhere at any time, but the chances are that you will not do so unless you have first learned to worship him somewhere in a particular place at some particular time. To be committed disciples of Jesus Christ requires us to be fully engaged in conversation with our Savior. We cannot expect to be fully engaged in holy conversation when we absent ourselves from God's house. Our presence is necessary for us to realize and remember who God is and what Jesus did for his church. Jesus died for his church and for us. He died so that we may live in relationship with him and with each other as a people called children of God. As such, we need to be in a community where we can provide encouragement and support for our brothers and sisters along the journey. We need to be present. You have already made the first step to a commitment to becoming committed disciples of Jesus Christ through your presence. You all got out of bed, got dressed, and came to church today. You are present. Congratulations. If this is not something you regularly do, ask what is the next step and make a commitment to take it. If you are new to the church community, make a commitment to stick with it. If your presence is not routine, commit to being here once or twice a month. If you regularly attend here, but have not yet joined this particular body of faith, come forward. If you are already a regularly attending member, commit to joining a Sunday school class, or a small group, or serving in some capacity during worship. Always, always commit to being fully present mentally and spiritually in worship. Commit yourself to meeting together in the name and spirit of Jesus Christ. Commit to provoking one another to love 
and good deeds and to encouraging one another. Commit to to supporting St. Luke with your presence so that we may grow with God, grow with others, and grow in service to the world. Amen and amen.